This is Music Respawn. I'm Kate Remington with Nanita Desai. She's recently received an Emmy nomination for the soundtrack for 14 Peaks and another Emmy nomination for the New York Emmys for documentaries. And we've talked before about Telling Lies, your, your previous project with Sam Barlow, and it's great to catch up. Oh, no, it's great to to be here. Thank you for having me, Kate. It's lovely to be here today. Well, I'm really looking forward to diving in to talk with you about your soundtrack for Immortality, which is just like blowing the doors off all of the charts. I mean, it's got like a 93 Metacritic score. The Guardian said it's a game everybody should play. I mean, it's just phenomenal. And I'm wondering if the reaction kind of has caught you off guard a little bit. Very much so. Um, I, I mean, thrilled, uh, thrilled for Sam and the team, uh, but really, uh, really unexpected because you don't know if something that you work on is going to connect or resonate with uh, uh, gamers and, and uh, audiences out there. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's really thrilling uh, to hear. It's a fascinating piece of art really i mean it's it is a game in that it sucks you in and it is interactive but it's also kind of a it's a full motion video uh it gives the player a chance to comb through footage of three unreleased films and some fascinating behind the scenes moments in the career of movie star uh, marissa marcel she made three films that were never released and then she just absolutely vanished and so it's up to the player to comb through all of these bits of film and just figure out what happened to her and so I'm, I, I, want, I would love to talk with you about each of the films, but y- how did you even get started with the music for this? Well, I mean, everything in the music is about Marissa's story and her journey. And so that's the ultimate subtext of the whole, of the whole game. Um, you know, and, and uh, with Sam, always, you never know quite what you're getting yourself into. I mean, he's, I mean, we both have a real love of film and, and complex narrative storytelling. So and, and Sam was very inspired for this game by British filmmakers from the 70s, you know, like Ken Russell and um, Nicholas Rogue, Nick Rogue, whose films I've always loved, Peter Greenaway, I've always been a huge fan of his films, and uh, and Derek Jarman as well. So we kind of saw eye to eye, you know, every time Sam would come up with, um, uh, you know, a, a film reference, I go, oh, I love it, you know, I mean, I sort of grew up or, you know, I mean, I, I, I love film, and I went to film school to study to study film, so and to study sound. So, um, so those are big touch points for me, uh, Sam, um, uh, you know, and our, and our love of film. Um, so, you know, the, the game is about mortality and, and, uh, and it's about the creation of art as this kind of immortality machine. It's the extent to which our physicality is part of the art is all very cerebral. Sam was incredible. I mean, it was, Sam was very cerebral on telling lies and uh, and sort of more so, you know, really amplified on, on, on this game. So so it's about the part of the art, what it means for art to live on, uh, which was an interesting um, challenge and dilemma for me, how to portray that in uh, musically. And so uh, it's, it's about this uh, Marissa, 
and I don't know if I should give that much away, really. I don't want to spoil it for people, yeah. so I have to be careful what I say. But, but it's about um, her mortality. Uh, it's the only way I can describe it. It's about her mortality and how she grapples with mortality. So with Telling Lies, I wrote themes for each character. And here we took a thematic approach but the themes were not connected to the characters. They were, so the challenge was we have, you know, eight, I mean, as a game, it was much more ambitious than Telling Lies was. Um, and so we're looking at eight to 10 hours of film. And with the limited resources that we had, um, I couldn't write that amount of music. Uh, you know, I mean, I wasn't, I mean, it's about three films, so I wasn't going to write three hours of, you know, well, six hours, you know, each movie being two hours long, I wasn't going to write six hours of, uh, you know, seven or eight hours of music for it. So we discussed, and as usual with Sam, you know, we think we'd have long in-depth discussions about, you know, conceptual discussions about how we were going to handle the music for the game. So we discussed the sound palette, and we came up with various techniques where we really played with the sonic sound of the music that was experimental and challenging. But, um, you know, we didn't want to utilize any electronics. We wanted it to be really just pure acoustic and raw, like we did with Telling Lies Again, uh, where you hear the intimate relationship between the player and the instrument and to connect the, the gamer with the um, emotional core of the story. So yeah, you know, that was interesting. I mean, in terms of our working process, I guess, you know, I, I got, I didn't see any visuals. Um, I got given this 280 page script. home, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and so we came up with this thematic approach to write a theme for each of the films. And, and that's the, uh, that's the direction sort of, that we came up with to sort of capture the the essence, the idea of each film. That was that was an interesting uh, direction to go in. It really is. I I can't think of any other composer that I've ever talked to, who's done that thing. Because more often than not, you said the characters have a theme or the setting has a theme. Um, there's action cues and, and exploration cues and that kind of thing. But, well, let's take the first film, Ambrosia, which is a kind of a gothic horror thriller. It's uh, Marissa's first film. And there are religious overtones. And what did you do, knowing what you did about the film, even without seeing any vi visuals, what did you kind of use to synthesize how the theme for, for that, uh, that film would sound? So, um, uh, so Ambrosia, it's an erotic religious thriller filmed in Italy, uh, as you know, as you know, and, um, well, the theme that uh, is connected to the film is religion. And it's, uh, so Ambrosia is a 1968 movie. It's based on this uh, notorious Gothic novel, The Monk, that deals with uh, life after death. And the idea that Sam wanted to portray with religion is that the essence of the film is that it's it's about something pure and existential and and it lives beyond our physical existence it transcends um it goes into the divine 
and this sort of like this religious vibe, this pure spiritual existence that's removed from human suffering. So the music had to describe the divine and the and this spiritual power of the characters um, that are taken away from the physical life forms. So so musically, there's there's a little slightly fantastical sprinkling of magic in there uh, you get this feeling of rapture and miracle and awe in the music
I was inspired by that wonderful film, uh, Perfume. It's a German film made in the 90s, I think. Oh, yeah, I know that one, yeah. Amazing, amazing film. I really, you know, recommend you searching it out. And it's not always sort of musical references that inspire me, but film references where I just soak up the vibe of the film and try to translate that through the music. So Perfume was this, there's this amazing scene in, in the film where this man has power, this this incredible power over the people in this in this city. And they all bow to him and treat him like this religious um, prophet. And they all collapse in rapture around him. They're all naked and they collapse in rapture. And, uh, and this is amazing key scene in the film. So I really recommend you watch that because that was something that inspired me. And um, Sam comes up with these fantastic analogies uh, that, uh, you know, we talk for long periods of time and just by listening to what Sam is saying, I soak up, I, I instantly come up while he's talking, I, it conjures up fantastic visual imagery in my mind that then inspires me that I can instantly translate into music. So that's how our kind of uh, working relationship works, where I'm inspired by the script, but, but just listening to Sam talking is inspiring in itself. So for religion, for ambrosia, Sam would say, imagine that you're in the art gallery in the Louvre, in a Parisian art gallery, and you're, st and you're all alone in this big room, no other people milling around, and you're sitting on the, on the, uh, on the bench, watching, looking at this religious painting and you're staring at this religious painting long enough to feel something of the transcendent and, and these pure feelings welling up inside you. And that's the feel that he was trying to evoke. And so that's the mood of the music that I had to evoke. There were obvious cliches and, and, and as always with Sam, you know, and musically as a composer, I always want to veer steer away from cliches so we thought okay religion choirs i thought okay we'll use the human voice but let's try and push against the convention and the tropes of choirs and do something a little bit different with it so um so i hope that we achieve that with uh, with religion and you know and and we also have uh within the game you've got these you have you have the main theme and each theme had to be roughly about seven minutes long you know it was quite a quite a long long theme so that was one of the big challenges for me to try to keep interest and engagement going and enough variety going so that you didn't feel that the music was ever too repetitive or or you know boring you had to with as ever with you know with music for games you have to battle against the player fatigue, you know, ear fatigue. Um, so, uh, so, you know, writing uh, technically just writing in chunks and layers and stems and, and writing long enough themes that have enough variety in them. So uh, when you're diving your sort of the metadata, when you click on something, you then open up the subverted version of the theme. 
and uh, and so that you you know that you're digging into something a little bit deeper and something's opening up and unraveling for you so we have the main theme and then we have the subverted theme which is the inverted darker side of the main theme so with religion the subverted form of the main theme represents the sadness of the sacred um, and there, you know, I don't really like to talk about religion and politics, <laughs> but uh, but um, it's it's like focuses on the negative aspects of religion, which is you know organized religion, you know co uh, controlling people, inflicting cruelty upon people. So that's what the subverted side of the religion theme evokes in the uh, in the music.
that's a lot that's a really heavy load for for that cue to carry and how did yeah. you experiment with it to make sure that that sort of emotional impact was was conveyed well you know i mean with all the themes it, it was it was a challenge to try to convey these philosophical ideas in one singular piece of music you know in in each theme and um and so I, I mean, the good thing is that I, I had, I had a lot of spotty, I mean, in terms of the mechanics of composing, I, there was a lot of pondering. And so, but, so I tried to create some kind of tangible brief uh, from, to extricate that kind of moods from Sam and what he's after. And so I'd share my musical ideas. We had, you know, a long, we had over, two years of working and refining and fine tuning these themes. So I start off with an idea, we'd share Spotify playlists and mood boards, uh, you know, with composers that we liked and, you know, music of films and all sorts of different references like Shbigniew of Preisner, who did um, Three Colors Blue, uh, the Polish filmmaker and, um, and Michael Nyman and, uh, you know, films from directors you know don't look now which is uh, another great reference um so all sort of our favorite scores and and composers and classical music and film music and and eventually i'd come to some kind of okay a direction to go down taking on all these references and my own thoughts and loves of films and then i'd write a theme and i'd send it to sam and then we'd sort of go backwards and forwards and I'd sit on a theme for a few months and then come back to it, um, you know, maybe three months later. And I'd go, you know, I'm not happy with it. I mean, Sam would be very happy with the music and, you know, he'd approve the theme. And then I'd I'd come back to it, you know, after a period of time and mull it over and think, is this the right representation of religion, you know, of ambrosia? And uh, and then make some tweaks and changes and rewrites. And uh, so, you know, I had which I don't normally have that on film and TV projects where I don't have the opportunity to sort of sit with something and then come back to it later on and refine and retune the music. So that was quite, um, it's, you know, that, that was the, one of the real pleasures of working on this where we did have time to come back to things afterwards. That's, that's fascinating. And each one of the films is, is so different, even though Ambrosia was from 68 and then Minsky was from 69. There's a world of difference musically in the musical palette between the two of them. And Minsky is more of a caperish kind of spy thriller kind of thing. And it's very noir. And that must have given you a lot of ideas, too, for the direction to, you know, for, for how to build the palette with that one. Yeah, uh, I mean, Min Minsky's great because uh, it's a 1970s New York City set thriller about the death of a famous artist. And um, the references, I mean, I, I actually, you know, as Sam was talking to me about it, I said, have you seen The Eyes of Laura Mars, you know, uh, which is a film with uh, Faye Dunaway, one of my favorite actresses of that of that period. And he said, that's one of my references for the <laughs> for the uh for for the film and uh, you know i mean even so I, I wanted to bring in this sort of neo-noir vibe um i was really uh, sort of inspired by 
John, slight hints of John Barry and um, sort of those old 70s sort of spy movies and and sort of noir movies of the period um you know things like films like the conversation and so i used bits of flutes uh flute flute and the zither and and it's also i mean the the theme life is connected to you know it's about living in the moment that's the full title you know because we just abbreviated it to to life and it's about um living in the moment sort of engaging in the physical pleasures of uh, of life and capturing that you know in a little bubble so it's it's very sensual it's um, and the analogy that sam gave me uh, for that was imagine jesus that lives physically and hangs with real folk drinking wine hmm. okay. wow um, <laughs> and so it's so the so I thought, okay that's an interesting analogy so the music has this slight sense of um, abandonment about it, where we revel in beauty and get wrapped up in hedonistic activities. So I kind of had to bring all that, you know, like using um, uh, the saxophone as uh, you know, an element that I really wanted to use and uh, a kind of noir vibe.
And then when we get to the subverted uh, theme connected to life, it's it's like you've got a hangover. You wake up the next morning. You know you've had this hedonist hedonistic evening. You've been partying all night, and then you wake up the next morning and that hollowed feeling that you can get. Um, you know it's like the free abandonment is now the you know inverted and you've got this feeling of you've you've like flown too close to the sun and you've missed you know it's, uh, and um uh, and it's the real it's the difference between um really being in the moment and then oh you're just going through the motions in a mechanical way you know, like noir movies of the late 80s and the early 90s, like Basic Instinct, 
um, those scores. I love those uh, Jerry Goldsmith score for Basic Instinct and Body Double, Brian De Palma film Body Double. Um, I remember, you know, as a as a teenager, I was sort of what really watching sort of eighties movies, nineties movies, and and that. Um, it was just slightly, slightly trashy and uh, slightly seedy. And um, and so it allowed me to revisit those movies as musical inspiration. Um, you know, it's like it's dark, it's orchestral, but there's a cold emptiness behind the facade. And so that was the thinking behind the theme of life and, and Minsky. I, I'm just I'm fascinated with how you can listen to movie scores and then kind of almost deconstruct what makes them work and then sort of cherry pick the little elements like the little you know gears from a watch and they put it together and make it your own. I think that's just really fascinating. Mm. Yeah, I don't I mean, I don't and you know, I, I sort of get this holistic overview. I don't want to ever plagiarize or copy or but it's like it's capturing the spirit of uh, of a movie and and sometimes you know it's not even the the music that inspires me it's like i said you know it's the the visual the look of the film the the tone of the cinematography and the the actors and the period that it evokes and and what it represents because that's what inspired um sam i think one of the most over overriding influences for both of us is uh, david lynch and uh, and i think that that the concept of the main theme and then the subverted theme that represents which represents the dark side of of each theme that is quite inspired by david lynch and i mean if you watch um i remember blue velvet and the opening of that film is the american dream the white picket fence the green lawn beautiful house um families children dogs running around and the water sprinkler on the grass in the front lawn going away and that's that's the main theme and then you the camera goes below the surface and it goes down underneath the grass and into the dark soil which is dirty and dark and and that is the subverted theme you know the, the what's really going on beneath the surface of the story of the american dream and uh, and lynch has explored that in his films a lot and that's something that we've explored and in fact i can be really precise season 2 of twin peaks episode 6 just blows your mind and and i talked about that with sam a lot um and there's uh, and and sam loves to dwell on just the ordinary and never to rush things it's like slow what's it called slow tv where you can watch something totally dull and innocuous and read something into it and there's a scene in twin peaks season two where there's a man in a restaurant and he's closed the restaurant and he's just sweeping the floor for about 10 minutes and you think nothing's going on you know and david lynch is so brave he just lingers on that for about minute after minute of nothing really going on and um, sam is really uh so, so he's i mean an amazingly brave thing to do 
and um and that's what sam's like <laughs> so, you know he's he's uh, very sort of quite visionary in his um in his thinking and uh, you know how it works well it's just and it's and it's such an incredible accomplishment to do these three films and then the last one two of everything from 1999 again you know we're in a completely different era now and i i really appreciate how the the main theme for for art as as it is on the the soundtrack has a little bit of minimalism in it which is really kind of fun yeah um so art is it's based on this um fictional film sam made called two of everything and it's about a pop star and her body double and that's kind of inspired by the um the whitney houston with uh kevin costner vibe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's it called the bodyguard oh, the sure. bodyguard yeah yeah <laughs> Um, and uh, so, so art, uh, two of everything, it's about creating something that lives on forever. Yeah. And it's, um, and I can relate to that as, uh, as a creative, as a composer, uh, it's an attempt to capture, uh, or recreate things in a purer form. It's like taking, uh, so again, you know, Sam's analogy is if you think about Picasso painting and, and repainting the same line over and over again to get the perfect line it's about creating something that that you leave a legacy of some whether it's a, a book you've written or a piece of music or a work of art and it it lasts forever and what's the legacy uh, that you leave behind you so with picasso imagine picasso painting he said and it's a synchronization between the hand and the brain and the imagination and it's about the magic of creation you know when you create a piece of music it's like that moment that spark of imagination and creativity and and that's what we were trying to capture in um in art in the art theme in two of everything <laughs>
And when you flip it and go to the subverted version, it's about realizing that you can never achieve perfection. You know, it's about ex you're exhausted trying to, at the, you're at the end of your tether and you're trying to, you know, the hard graft of creating. I mean, when I compose, you know, I can relate to this. For me, um, the act of composing is torturous. You know, it's uh, it's like sometimes you reach something that's magical and you think, oh, Eureka, I've got, I've created something that I'm, I think I'm reasonably happy with, happy with, but, but it's what it takes to get there. It's, you know, the hard graft and the toil and you're trying to reach some, create something that's per perfection, but you can never really quite get there. And so the music in the main theme is hopefully a bit magical. You know, you're, you're on this journey, you're creating, it's got an energy to it, which is what the main theme has. And then the subverted theme has this, okay, now it's all heavy and dark and it's not so magical and it's hard work and you're trying to create something and you can't quite get there.
So it's these sort of this battling between these two extremes, and that's that's the that's art. <laughs> <laughs> literally, it's just a struggle. <laughs> literally, yes, yes. But the, I think the, with the two of everything, the most my favorite moment in the score is actually the pop song. That's oh, that art. is so much fun. <laughs> And um, uh, because it's about this, the story is about Marissa Marcel, this pop star. Um, I said, oh, well, are we going to have a, a song, you know, a pop song? And and it's set in the late 90s, in the fictional late 90s, so mid to late 90s. So, uh, so I said to Sam, you know, I grew up listening to um, Britney Spears and uh, early Madonna songs and i bought you know the vinyl albums and those, those that decade um so i said sam please let me write a pop song <laughs> and, um, and uh so uh so i did and sam came up with these so even with the lyrics of the the pop song it was uh sam came up sam and um uh, natalie they came up with these lyrics and i read them and i thought oh my god they're really cheesy they are just super super cheesy i can't possibly work with this but i kind of treated it like um a spoof um who's the um that famous spoof rock band spoof film um, oh spinal tap spinal tap so i treated it a little, a little bit like tongue in cheeks tongue in cheeks spinal tap and uh, and it's my homage to 90s sugar-coated pop music and I mean it wasn't it you know it was a tough brief actually because Sam said I want you to write a hit song you know of the 90s that's really catchy and um and I sort of tweaked we tweaked the lyrics a bit and uh, I wrote a I did my best to, to write a really cheesy uh, but good quality 90s pop song that was inspired by Britney Spears, what you know, hit me, baby, one more time, and and Madonna, and you know, I created the arrangement um, with um, you know, synth, the sounds of that period. So it was my uh, my homage to that uh, period. I never got to write one when I was a teenager, so so I just loved writing it using synthesizers and drum machines of the of the period.
So Marissa Marcel performs it. I think they have a choreography to it in the in a scene in the game. They dance to it, and then she does. Um, she she performs an acoustic solo singer songwriter version of it in the game. And there's even a bit where I have I had to write a chip tune version using the theme as well, using the pop song theme as well. Uh, <laughs> so. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, that was that was I think the most fun that I had. I bet. Well, it was really confusing because I, you know, I was listening to the soundtrack and that song came up, and you know how Apple Music has this infinite like playlist now, and it'll just pick out a thing that it thinks goes with what you've just been listening to, and I was like, oh, wait a minute here. <laughs> <laughs> Where's this come from here? Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's such a perfect fit and it really totally is that that vibe from that time and and those singers and so it But also the the lyrics are very clever as well because we didn't want to be too on the nose but it there is a connection with the lyrics to the to the story. So I won't say any more. So listen to the lyrics and you might pick up something uh, that might help with yeah, the game. There, there is a lot more to this game than what it just seems like on the surface with scrubbing through and thinking that you can see what's going on if if you're only watching a few of the clips and stuff and we I won't go into much of it but it also gave you an opportunity to write a supernatural version of the yes. themes and the supernatural version for art is just downright creepy and <laughs> so I, I would love to know you know what what makes music sound terrifying to you oh just generally or with the game oh, with, uh, with the game let's start with that yeah i mean it's, it's, uh, yeah it was um i mean what i mean technically first of all you you have the normal music going and that's where also that's where the david lynch influence comes in because You've got the the main theme and the subverted theme playing along, and then depending on what's happening, you know, triggered and so on, and then and then suddenly things shift. Uh, I think the best way I can describe it is if you've watched um, watched Stranger Things, and you've got the the normal uh, uh, town, uh, and then you've got the upside down world. And so in the upside down, that's where you hear the supernatural theme. 
coming into play. And uh, so the two are mapped one-to-one -one against one another. You've got the normal music playing, and then you've got the supernatural theme playing as well. And then something happens and, you know, you suddenly shift you suddenly shift into listening to the supernatural. And that was a big technic technical challenge. It's like the themes represent a kind of magic in the game. And then, and then you go to the supernatural version and Sam wanted it to be like the same theme, but really twisted and contorted and manipulated so that it sounds creepy and eerie. And, and, we came up with various ideas of how to do that, uh, which was to get the um, orchestra to play the main theme, but in a really twisted way. Um, and that wasn't going to work. Uh, it, well, it didn't, couldn't really envisage that working. So, uh, or we had different instrumentation and that wasn't going to work either. So what I did was I just recorded the normal music and then uh, I used a lot of electronic uh, manipulation in the computer to slow down the theme uh, by 100% and then to slow it down again by another 100%. But then that would stretch it out and make it really long. So then I'd have to, I mean, there was a lot of um, uh, sort of trickery involved in trying to map it so that I'd slow down the theme, I'd pitch shift it, um, and put lots of different types of effects on it to make it sound really creepy. And actually, it sort of freaked me out a bit when I how effective it was, because I still had to make it sound like when you listen to it, you think, I want to be able to hear that it's kind of connected to the main theme, but it's not. And not just to sound like a, just non-music, you know. So, so it was... It was a challenge to do that, to maintain it sounding creepy and still connect to the main theme uh, and still sound just weird and out <laughs> of the world. Um, so, yeah, that was really, really, really cool to work on. I mean, I found it quite disturbing. <laughs> <laughs>
I was going to ask you, because even playing through the game, there are some moments that, that we watch, and it is very disturbing. And so creating the music for it, even though you know how the sausage was made, I mean, what did you do to kind of get your mental health back a little bit after you know being in that really dark place? um you know i don't have a problem with that actually i mean i i mean i'm a kind of a method composer i do sort of i in my studio i inhabit a dark space you know Uh, and and then depending on the project i'm working on and then as soon as i get out of the studio i i can sort of instantly switch into i go back to being myself which is normally a happy cheery person yeah well that's that's good because otherwise if you had to carry that around with you it would be a lot so yeah no i mean i i mean i do work on very some very dark subjects uh in in my projects and um uh and i i find it it you know i i I have, I think I like to say I have the ability to be able to focus and channel my emotions into my work. And then, you know, I get all the darkness out through the music. And then when I come out of it, you know, when I get out, I can, uh, I've I've sort of spent all that energy uh, and I can, so like if I'm late at night, if I'm watching TV, I've become the kind of person who just wants to switch off and watch something light and frivolous, like, I don't know, curb your enthusiasm or something mm-hmm. <laughs> fun and joyful. You know? We like watching, there's a, a whole series of British programs uh, called Grand Designs about people who are trying to make houses and failing. And that's what we watch when we yeah. want to just sort of no, check I, out. I find it, I love that show, but I find it really stressful because I go, <laughs> <laughs> and then they always go over budget. Uh, I mean, that's one of my dreams is to build my own home. I would love to do a grand designs. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you have. I think you have accomplished a grand design with this soundtrack because it's just absolutely spectacular. And before I let you go, I, I would love to know what made this like a really artistically satisfying project for you to work on. Well, Kate, you know, Sam is incredibly pioneering uh, in the way in which we tell and engage with storytelling. And that's what excites me about uh, that. I think that's a really exciting space to work in because, you know, Sam's taking techniques from filmmaking uh, sort of like the match cut uh, in, in immortality. And he's taking these old traditional filmmaking techniques and blending these traditional storytelling techniques with non-linear elements of game playing and, and how. And so it keeps you engaged in a very fresh, inventive way. And and with Sam, we're kind of setting, and that's what's so challenging about working on these projects with Sam, uh, but also really satisfying is the fact that we're setting a precedent in the way that we're working out our own techniques and processes, which can be quite daunting. And, you know, working from the script with no visuals at all um, is an inspiring challenge, you know, to be polite. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I didn't have any visual mood board or film, you know, I mean, I had lots of film references and, you know, lots of conversations with Sam, that's what's great. But, but I had to rely on the words on the page. Um, to pick up the essence of each uh, each film and each story, and um, so you know that's what's great about it is that Sam's extremely collaborative, 
and open-minded and he gave me these great analogies you know like imagine you're watching looking at a religious painting or or having a glass of wine with jesus you know <laughs> and uh, and that was a quite a lot to work with uh for each film and each theme so and and plus i also it gave me the opportunity to dive into some of my my uh you know favorite films over the decades and to re-watch them and research them and um and be inspired by some of those uh, wonderful references. Um, so, um, yeah. So it was, uh, and and hopefully try to reinvent them in my in my own way, and to create something new and special. Uh, I think it's been so much fun talking with you about it. I really appreciate your time, Nanita, and I hope we have a chance to talk again soon. That would be really fun. Oh, thank you so much. Um, no, that would be lovely, Kate. I really enjoyed it. Uh, thank you for having me.